So if you're just joining us for the first time today or if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, we're really glad that you're here and watching uh, because today we're celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. Yes, our Super Bowl Sunday as we call it here. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God who rose from the dead and is alive today and will someday return again. Don't lose heart. I like to say those things out loud because of all the false teachers who are out there twisting the truth of God's word, who are watering down who Jesus was and who he is today. I hope that you'll be blessed by being in a church that believes and teaches the truth of God's word to the best of our ability. I hope, you, I hope you don't take that for granted. And I hope and we hope that you are just transformed by being in the presence of God. It's not about us. It's not about Light and Life Church. All we've ever wanted to do is host the presence of God so that your life could be changed. We don't care if you know the pastor's name or any of the leaders. We just want your life to be transformed. We want you to experience the supernatural. Because without the presence of God in your life, you cannot live a supernatural life. A lifestyle every Christian should be walking in, not waiting to get to heaven. Okay? Amen? Now that I just freaked out all of our guests, we'll begin. So before we begin today, I want to give you a powerful visual. Maybe it's the reason God had you sit down early. I don't know if he did that or you did that, but it's weird how you all just sat down at like 100% of you. That's okay. It's no, no problem with that. It was just a, a, unusual. But maybe it's because of this. I want to give you a powerful visual so that you don't think you're the only one who can relate to today's message. Are you ready for it? When I ask these questions, I want all of you to be bold and brave as you respond. Number one, if you have ever experienced difficult pain before in your life, please stand. If you've ever experienced difficult pain in your life, please stand. So look around, folks. You're not alone. Bobby's standing. But you're not alone. Now, one more question. Remain standing if you ever wanted to just give up and quit because of the pain that you've experienced. Wow, I expected a couple people to sit down. No one did. All right, you may be seated. Thank you for participating. I just wanted you all to see that all of us, all of us have experienced pain. Because the enemy will always try to make you believe that you are the only one who is weak. Because if he can isolate you from the rest of the pack, it's easier to destroy you. This is why we need church. This is why we need the body of Christ. We can't do life alone. We definitely can't do it with the world. We need to be in the tribe that God has called us to because we have all experienced pain and we can minister to each other. He also, the enemy also wants you to believe that you're experiencing pain in your life because you're just bad and God is punishing you. I also wanted all of you to see that pain is a part of this life. Sadly, it is. And I say sadly because God never intended it to be this way. His plan was for all of us to live in a pain-free environment. But the fall of man interrupted that plan for now. And someday God is going to restore that environment that he wanted for us in the first place. And I hope you get to experience that. But it's your choice. And coming to church doesn't get you there. It's a relationship with Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. We're jumping right in. Matthew 24. We have a lot of ground to cover, and I also want to uh, give you an opportunity to respond today. So this is a little weird preaching. I haven't preached in five weeks. Really strange. I hope I can still do it okay. Uh, so we have a lot of new people who actually joined us over a month ago. And they've never heard me preach. So if they don't show up next week, you're going to know why. <laughs> Do you know how you will be able to be in God's presence for eternity with no more pain? Do you know how to get there? It starts 
with simply believing. Believing in him. That's what the Bible says, right? Believe in me and you shall be saved. But then there's this other element to consider in Matthew 24. And I'm reading from the NLT here, the New Living Translation. I'll be all over. I'll be reading from the NIV, the message. Uh, I'll read whatever uh, explains what I'm trying to get across. We don't get hung up on just one version. We allow, we leverage everything that even man has done for the kingdom of God. Okay? So those of you that say only one version, you should only, well, come on. I mean, come on. Are there errors in some of the versions? Possibly and certainly, but I'm leveraging them for the kingdom regardless of what man intended. Okay? Matthew 24, starting with verse 7. Ready? Nations will have wars with other nations. Countries will fight against countries. There will be no food for people. The earth will shake and break apart in different places. These things are the beginning of what? Sorrows and pains. Verse 9. Then they will hand you over to be hurt. They will kill you. You will be hated by all the world because of my name. Now watch this now. This is what is happening today when people experience pain. This sermon is about avoiding the next verse. Verse 10. Many people will give up and turn away from God in faith at this time. Why? Because of sorrow and pain. People will hand over each other. They will hate each other. Many false religious teachers will come. They will fool many people and will turn them to the wrong way because of people breaking the laws and sin being everywhere. The love in the hearts of many people will grow cold. Don't let your heart become cold. Keep your love on 24 hours a day. Here's the key, verse 13. Here's where I was leading to. But the one, so many will, will turn away and give up when they experience this pain and this sorrow in life. But the one who stands true to the end will be saved. Staying true means to endure the sorrow and pain, to stand firm in the middle of the sorrow and pain, to remain faithful in the middle of your pain, to bear up under suffering, to bear up in the middle of pain. I know that you're seeing what I'm seeing every day, Christians and believers, who are falling away from their faith in God because of something painful that they experienced. It's happening right now in a rampant way. Possibly the sign of the end times. Make sure you're not one of those statistics. Now, I don't know if the church failed them by telling them that saying a prayer would mean that everything would be perfect in their lives from now on. Or that they just had an expectation themselves that once they said the prayer, everything would be perfect. Because all my friends told me, all you need is Jesus. So I said the prayer, and then two days later, I lost my job. So I don't know if, I re- if it really paid off. So I just have news for you. And we've been singing it, and it was, Rick even said it. And he had no idea what I was preaching on. Life is hard and messy. It's beautiful, too. I don't want the newlyweds, you know, the, the, the people that are about to get married think, what? No, it's beautiful, too. But can we be honest? At times, it is hard and messy. That's the next series we're going to go in. I almost never repeat series in 16 years. I've only repeated one sermon in one series. And we're about to go into the series, Life is Messy. In fact, Christianity is hard. Ministry is hard. You, you, ought to, you ought to prepare a sermon for Easter and have all these family members who, who brought people that they're like, I've had people say this to me on Easter morning. Your sermon better be good because I need them to accept the Lord today. Uh, hello, Mark, not Jesus. Mark. Okay, flash, flash. Ministry is hard, marriage is hard, raising kids is hard, going to work is hard, relationships are hard, life is hard and messy at times. Is it just me or does it seem like the younger generation, I'm noticing, gets offended at everything? They really do. And I think all of us are oversensitive. But it seems like the younger generation is so easily offended and I was thinking, 
they, they actually get offended by cyber bullies. They're, they're, they're not even real people in their life. They're just cyber bullies on the internet. And I'm like, wait a minute. Our generation had real bullies. And they pulled our real underwear <laughs> up our real butt crack. And it really hurt. I stole that from a comedian. Seriously, bullying is real and it's terrifying and it's painful and it's something that I experienced in high school and it was horrible and I wouldn't wish it on anyone and I don't want to offend you by that joke. But I just want to say that it's easy to believe when things are great. It's a little harder to believe when things are not so great in your life. Right? In your notes, if you're following along to fill in the blanks. Our, life, our faith is not supposed to waver regardless of what we are experiencing in life. Our faith is not supposed to waver regardless of what we are experiencing in this life. What I believe God wants you to know this Easter is this. He wants you to learn to lean into the pain instead of running from it. Instead of running from it. He wants you to embrace the pain that comes into your life. Paul Gabala was in here on Tuesday, and uh, he, he was just being Paul, uh, sharing scripture. And the guy, is, from what he's going through, it's crazy how positive and how much he's ministering to me in his pain. In his pain, suffering from cancer. And he said this, and I couldn't help but to put it in. I told him I was going to quote him today. God wants us to see pain as an invitation to know his heart. He had no idea what I was preaching on. God wants us to see pain as an invitation to know his heart, to know him more intimately and to feel his love in a more powerful way. And then he said, pain teaches us to depend on him. Listen, God doesn't want you to cause pain on yourself or others just to get closer to him. That would be ridiculous. But when pain comes, because the Bible says it's coming, embrace it instead of running from it because that is the only way you're going to grow stronger from it by leveraging it for the kingdom. One of my favorite passages in the word of God is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you want to turn there now, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you didn't bring a Bible, the black Bible's in front of you or under the chairs. should be able to find one, hopefully. It's page 1142, 1142. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It is titled, The God of All Comfort. Listen to this with your spirits as we read this together. This is so powerful when it comes to why we need to leverage our pain. It's for the sake of the kingdom. That's the, that's the quick answer. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, I'll be reading from the NIV. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father, okay, so I don't know what the enemy is lying to you about God. But this is who God is. Father God is full of compassion and comfort. Who comforts us in all of our troubles, which means we're going to have troubles on occasion. Who comforts us in all of our troubles as long as we lean into them and him and not run from them. Why? Why should we see pain as an invitation like Paul Gabala challenged us? Why should we learn to lean into them? Well, the, the scripture goes on. So that, I highlighted that because those are huge words in the, in, the, in the word of God. So that we can then comfort those in any trouble, trouble with the same comfort that God gave to us when we were in trouble. Isn't this powerful? But listen. We will never be able to do this for others if we never lean into it ourselves. But as you can see from the verse in your notes, pain is an, an essential element in shaping you into someone who is stronger and wiser. Do, do, you, do you hear? Because I, I started out by saying, listen, we all experience it, but we also know people who have left the church over pain. We know people who have left the faith because of something that didn't go their way. Yet the Bible warns us about it and says, listen, 
You're going to go through trouble, but turn to the one who brings comfort in your trouble. And when you do, you'll be stronger and wiser, and you will be able to help others with the same comfort that I gave you when you were in the middle of your pain. We're supposed to leverage our pain. Just in case you're here today or listening to this message and you don't believe in the Bible, maybe you don't believe in God, I want to give you some quotes from some humans. Alan did this last week, so I'm just, he's my hero, so I'm trying to be like him. No, I was planning on doing this. Uh, I want to give you some quotes from some humans who have experienced pain in their lives, and this is what they learned through the process of leaning into the pain and growing from it, instead of being ashamed of it, instead of being ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of your mistakes. Just fix them. These quotes come from a book that I'm going to make a requirement for every leader in this church to read. So if you're a leader in this place, order it now. Because <laughs> I'm coming after you. If you can't afford it, we'll buy it for you if you're a leader. But I also believe that every Christian should read this book because it's all about leveraging our pain instead of allowing it to become a takeout. You should read Bait of Satan as well by John Bevere of Satan. Write it down. If you haven't read it, you better read it. But this one, because it's called leadership pain, it's going to be up on the screen. Richard's going to put it up. Because it's called leadership pain, a lot of people will not read this. But after I had to read it for my training, I'm telling you, every single Christian needs to read this book. Don't let the title keep you from reading it. If you want to grow spiritually, read this book. You don't have to be a leader to get something from this. And honestly, I wish that every believer would read this. So I'm going to read some quotes from this book, in case you don't believe in God or the Bible. Kenji Miyazawa, I, I practiced that. Kenji Miyazawa is a Japanese novelist and poet, and this is what he said. And uh, I took these quotes from every chapter. We must embrace pain and burn it as fuel for our journey. Wow. That is so good. Remember, it's not about wanting to have painful experiences or causing them on purpose, but learning how to navigate them when pain comes. The author of the book, Samuel Chan, added this. I love this. God never wastes our pain. He never wastes it. It's never just to make you miserable. He's not punishing you. It's the devil that's bringing the pain. Sometimes we cause it on ourselves, but the, the devil sometimes doesn't even have to do anything. We just do it ourselves. But it's not God that's causing it. But when it comes, he wants to leverage it. Dr. J. Robert Clinton, professor at Fuller Theological Seminary, said something pretty interesting. And, and, and if you can't tell, I'm walking with a limp today. But here's his. Never trust a leader who doesn't walk with a limp. Wow. <laughs> Makes you really think because we think that our human leaders never experience pain. Our expectations of them are unrealistic. Just read about the Apostle Paul's pain in 1 Corinthians 11. Goes back to what Alan said last week about the weight and pains of ministry. Hudson Taylor, a British missionary to China, said, At the timberline, at the, at the front of the forest, where the storms strike with the most fury, the sturdiest trees are found. British author J.K. Rowling said, you will never truly know yourself or the strength of your relationships until both have been tested by adversity. And then author of the book, Samuel Chan, added this, as long as we see failure, stress, and difficulties as intruders, we'll fail to let them teach us, shape us, and strengthen us. We know in our hearts that this is true, right? But now today... In this cancel culture, we cancel anyone who hurts us or anyone who disagrees with us. We are the cancel culture. And it doesn't have an invitation in the house of God or in the life of a believer. Believers shouldn't cancel anyone because we have to keep our love on. And if you know your word, if you know the word, love keeps no record of wrong. 
So how can we cancel anybody if we're not supposed to keep a record of what they've done to us? Hmm. Or because they don't follow the same political party as us? Hmm. If we are to model the love of Christ, then no matter who causes pain to us or how bad that pain is, our love cannot be conditional. Because, in 1 Peter 4, 8, love covers a multitude of sin. sins. Retired Free Methodist pastor two weeks ago at a funeral, Roger Lactash, uh, at, at uh, David Hockey's funeral. By the way, we took up a special offering uh, for the pastor who had cancer. He ended up passing away. But we brought, we brought in $1,000 for his family. Pretty amazing. Yeah, good job, guys. But this is what a retired pastor said at David's uh, funeral. The world doesn't need another definition of Christianity. See, this is what the world's doing. They're trying to change the definition of church and God and Christianity and the Bible. What the world needs is a demonstration of it. Isn't that powerful? But it seems like now, any kind of pain that comes my way, the easiest way to deal with it is to cancel it, run from it, ignore it, or numb it. I could quote Dr. Uh, Jordan Peterson all day on this. Ooh, boy, is he hot about this, not leaning into our pain and protecting our kids from pain. And then basically we're raising wimpy adults because we don't let them experience pain when they're younger. Now, I could go on about pain, the causes, the consequences, the rewards, the fact that some pain is self-inflicted. Even though we're blaming a whole bunch of other people, some of it is self-inflicted. Some of it's accidental. And some of it is forced on us by others. But I just want to address this instead of that. I don't want to go into a clinical thing because I have two professional counselors sitting right up here, therapists. And I'll, they'll just be writing notes. And I always wonder, are they writing down what God's telling them or are they writing down what they're going to tell me afterwards? <laughs> what does this have to do with the Easter story? What does this have to do with Easter? God gave me this message months ago. Uh, like I said, I had five weeks off of preaching. You should see my phone. I blew up my phone with notes. Some of you probably thought I was playing Candy Crush while Angel was speaking. I was actually writing my sermon because I was being inspired by what she was speaking and what Alan was speaking. But I, I, I want you to pay attention with your spirits and ask God, what do you want me to start or stop doing after listening to this Easter message? The word of God should move you to action. So just be asking yourself, and I'll remind you at the end, what do I need to start or stop doing to learn to lean into pain? Because here's the truth about Easter. And Rick alluded to this. The Easter story was both messy and good. It was both good and messy. From the time Jesus was, before he was born, it was messy. Because some jealous king got word that somebody might come and take his throne. So he started seeking to kill him before he was even born. So you can't tell me the Easter story is not a little messy. I would say it's a whole lot of messy, but it's a whole lot of good. Jesus' birth was chaotic. His ministry was hard. His death was ugly. But we received something really good from it. One person's happy. That thing was messy, but we received something really good from it. Okay, thank you. Man, sorry, Jesus. We're just such a dead church. Who don't appreciate what you did we received something good from the mess didn't we didn't we did you hear yourself did you hear yourself you just admitted that you received something good listen from pain did you hear that with your spirit what i want you to get this easter is the beauty that came from pain in your notes if jesus decided not to, if Jesus decided not to lean into the worst pain known to mankind, we wouldn't have the most amazing promise known to mankind. Let me repeat that. If Jesus didn't lean into the worst pain known to mankind, we wouldn't have the most amazing promise known to mankind. Eternal, pain-free life in the presence of God Almighty. Because 
Jesus leaned into the pain. By the way, the background to my slide that I chose is on purpose. It's from the movie, The Passion of the Christ. When Jesus fell off the cross, they didn't have to place him back on. He crawled back on. For you. We have a lot to be thankful for this Easter. And a big, big reason not to get caught up in chocolate bunnies and eggs and candy. But to awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. He will show you the reason for your pain if, if you lean into it and into him and your tribe. Let's not forget the, the human element of this. You all need a body of Christ. The Easter message is that from messy came good. From pain came blessing. From death came eternal life. My point is in your notes is this. Pain brings change. What's the saying? No pain, no gain. I just saw a quote recently that said this. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So listen to this closely because the devil wants you to believe that Jesus does not care about you. That's a lie. I want you to hear this. Jesus felt and dealt with every pain you and I will ever have to go through. He felt it all. He was judged from a distance. He was rejected by not only strangers, but by people he loved. Anyone listening to this have family wounds? Don't forget that he was also rejected by the church. Anybody have church wounds? He was falsely accused. He was lied to. He was persecuted. And he was bullied. Anyone listening to this felt the pain of a, of a bully. He was shamed in front of huge crowds, misunderstood, and just like you, he had a Judas in his life. He was betrayed by someone he thought loved him. Anyone listening to this ever been betrayed by someone that you thought loved you, but they betrayed you? Listen, for Jesus, this went on for three years nonstop. But, listen to me, and, I, and I, I'm going out on a limb to step on some toes, but I really want you to hear what I believe God has spoken to me, because this is basically an Easter rant. This went on for three years nonstop, but he never contemplated suicide. He never contemplated cutting himself. He never contemplated changing his gender or leaving his tribe or his calling. He never blamed God or others. He didn't run from the pain. He didn't ignore the pain. And he didn't numb himself from the pain. In your notes. Jesus is the greatest example of how to endure pain. He leaned into it. He faced it with his father. I don't want you to forget that part. He didn't do anything without his father. He leaned into his pain with his father at his side so that he could comfort others with the same comfort he himself received from his father. Let me ask you this. Did the disciples experience pain in their lifetime? Yes. Not only that, they leaned into it hardcore. We believe that Peter was crucified upside down. We believe that Paul was beheaded. We believe that John was boiled in oil, and I think he survived that too. Boiled in oil. See, we complain about the pain we are going through or have to endure, and I'm not trying to say that your pain isn't real or that it's not really bad. It probably is, but I just want to ask you something. Would you rather be Jesus? Would you rather be Jesus and go through the pain that he went through? Would you rather be Peter or Paul or John? Or does your pain in the light of their story seem a little minimal if you dare to compare to what they went through. I, I get it for you. It's really difficult. I'm, I'm having some knee pain right now that, you know, like I'm sitting down there with Bobby and I'm telling her she's giving me, she's asking me for an update. And I feel a little guilty telling her about knee pain when she's going through cancer, you know? So our pain is real and it hurts and it's bad. 
But guys, honestly, we got to be careful not to let the pain be a takeout for us. I just think that somewhere down the line, we thought that being a Christian or serving God meant that we would never experience anything bad in our lives. But if it wasn't true for Jesus and it wasn't true for the disciples, what makes us think that we will never experience pain or shouldn't or that God should keep us from it? But he didn't keep his one and only son from it. Not only did Jesus experience pain because he didn't run from it. Look at the results, folks. Because the disciples didn't run from it. Look at the results, folks. To this day, over 2,000 years later, we are still learning and growing and benefiting from their faithfulness. Big time. So let me ask you something. I just started thinking about this. Why are we runners? Why are we quitters? Why do we numb ourselves? Why don't we lean into it? Why aren't we learning from Jesus? I'm convinced one of the reasons is because we don't read our Bibles anymore. We don't even remind ourselves of these stories. I mean, it's supposed to be our guide for life. And if you read it, you're going to actually see in almost every story in the Bible, there is some sort of pain involved. Pain that was meant to bring about change. Normal, average people like you and me who had to lean into the lot in life, their lot in life in order to learn something and grow from it. Listen, to build their faith for something bigger later on. Or because to the degree that they lean into it, determine the degree of people who would be impacted by it. Think about that. Whatever my Whatever comes my way, whatever pain I experience, thou hast taught me to say, peace. That's peace. Whatever my lot, it is well. It hurts. It stinks, doesn't it, Bobby? To go through it, but I have to have peace. When I lean into my painful experience, experiences with the peace of heaven, then when sorrows like sea billows roll, in other words, when pain comes at me like a massive sea about to crash down on me and crush me and take me out, when I lean into the Father's peace and remember that Jesus shed his own blood for my soul, I can have peace in the middle of my pain. We're going to do an entire series on peace. Do you know the man who wrote that hymn, It Is Well, had just lost his wife and daughters at sea, from what I understand? Talk about pain. With that in mind, as you think of your pain, when you think of why he wrote this song, let's sing just the first phrase. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, here's the key, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well. Let's believe what we sing. One of the most powerful hymns there is came from pain and sorrow and grief. In your notes, this is what we need to remember. The way that we deal with our pain will have an impact on the world who, by the way, is watching us. Good or bad, The world is watching you in how you deal with your pain. And when you turn to alcohol, illegal or prescription drugs, sex outside of marriage, anger, depression, isolation, that is what you're teaching your family to do. And the world when they experience pain. 
Is your God real? The impact of the way that we deal with our pain is massive. And it will either build the kingdom of God or hurt it. And so I just want to pause here and ask again to make sure you're listening with your spirits. Think about the question. What do I need to start or stop doing in the way that I am dealing with the pain in my life? By having you stand at the beginning, I wanted everyone to know that pain is common to all of us. Here's a quote from the book. The pain you experience isn't unique. The answer isn't to try to construct a life that is pain-free. Do you get that? The answer is not to try to construct a life that is pain-free. That won't happen in this life. Only dead people and resurrected people feel no pain. Wow. That's powerful. Only dead people and resurrected people feel no pain. So listen, the church may be afraid to teach this, but God, Jesus, and the disciples were not. They were never under the illusion about the difficulties that you would face in this lifetime. Because that's what sin causes, pain. So let me show you a couple uh, uh, comments or a couple passages about this. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's page 1144 in your black Bibles under the chairs. I'm going to be reading from the message version, so it's probably not going to line up at all with your version. But this is a letter to the Corinthians and Paul gave a glimpse of God's purpose for our past, present, and future. Are you ready? The first part is about pain and then the glory of our future. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12 from the message. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles. He's writing this letter to his churches, to the, church, to the letter to the Corinthians. But we're not demoralized. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not depressed. Depression. 2022, I don't even know the statistics of how many people in the church are depressed and on medication for it, which we're not against medication. If you need it for a while, that's great. But we're, I don't think we're supposed to walk in depression the rest of our lives. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us because he lives. Our lives are a con at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. Do you hear that? In pain, he's more real. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. So you see, not only is pain part of the spiritual journey to transform you, when we experience the goodness and power of God in the most painful moments, the people around us notice and are amazed at the presence of Christ in us. I don't know about you, but I go to encourage Paul Gabala, he encourages me. He ends up encouraging me, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little weirded out by that. You sit with Bobby, she's going to encourage you just by talking about her process and how much she's leaning on God. That's what's supposed to happen when we're experiencing pain. But that's not all. Paul also points out to a glorious future, not just present pain. He goes on in verses uh, 16 through 18. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times today are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here that meets the eye. In other words, don't look at things through your human eyes. The things we see now, our pain and trials, are here today, but they're gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will actually last forever. When you can believe this in the depths of your heart, you will be able to endure more pain than you ever thought you were capable of. And it will make you stronger in your faith, not weaker. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13 from the message says this. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Don't abandon your faith. 
just because life is hard. Instead, rejoice, be glad that you were in the very thick of what Christ experienced. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jesus. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. I, I always wonder if they just would have stuck with it. I have a feeling there was breakthrough right around the corner, but they quit. They quit before God could step in and bring a release. I've told you before, that's what I was worried about Carmi and Allen flying back to Texas because they were homeless for a year and a half, year, year. And I thought, if they get discouraged, they're going to say, well, God, you told us to move here, but you haven't provided a house. We're out of here. You're not providing quick enough for us. This is what we all do. God, like a vending machine, we want the candy now, and if it gets stuck in the machine and we shake it, it doesn't fall, we want to break the glass and get arrested because we want that candy now. I put my money in. I deserve it. I said the prayer. You're supposed to make my life perfect. Here's how I want to close this out today with a couple more points about pain. That usually means we have about 20 more minutes, so just hang in there. That's just a free Methodist way of closing. I want you to keep leaning into this in your notes. We have to believe that God is using our pain for a greater purpose. We have to believe that or we will, we will quit. We will run. We will numb ourselves. We have to believe that God is using it for a greater purpose, even if it makes no sense at all to us. I'm telling you, cancer makes no sense to me, and I'm angry about it. But even then, there's got to be a greater purpose to this. God is going to use my pain. The idea is don't run from your pain and don't deny that it exists. It's not about pretending that you're not in pain. You're not a good Christian if you, don't, if, if you keep it to yourself and say, well, Pastor Mark is going to think I'm weak if I tell him I'm in pain. That is a lie from the enemy. You need to talk to somebody. Some of you listening to this know that you are in pain. You actually hear the words coming out of your mouth. And you hear the negative thoughts about yourself and others that are running through your mind 24 hours a day. Always negative coming out of the mouth and in the mind. And instead of getting to the root of the pain and finding healing from the trauma that caused the pain, you are puking that pain out on everyone around you. With anger and jealousy and negativity. Listen, you're miserable and you know it. And you're taking it out on others. And you are actually, maybe not out loud, you are actually blaming them for the pain in your, that you're in. Listen, I got to tell you something. Healing does not come from blaming. It never does. It never will come. You'll be in pain the rest of your life if you're blaming. You are hurting people who are close to you that weren't even the cause of the pain. They weren't even there when it happened to you. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. Or maybe they were there. Maybe some people were there. Maybe they are the one that, that hurt you. And you're trying to communicate to them that they hurt you, but you're doing it through hurtful words back at them instead of calmly and peacefully sitting down with them and communicating in a healthy way, you hurt me. That's what the Bible teaches, Matthew 18. Go to them and calmly and with love and peace say, Alan, you hurt my feelings last Sunday. And I thought about never coming back to church again. 99% I, 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 of the time, they will be totally unaware that they ever hurt you. And they will fall to their knees and beg you for forgiveness. Maybe not literally, but in their heart. They will be devastated. I, I thought about this. I thought, you know, I'm so thankful that I, I know my heart. The Lord knows my heart. I know my heart. You don't know it as well as he does, and you don't know as well as I do. But I can honestly stand here and say that I would never cause anybody pain on purpose. I know I cause it all the time, accidentally and and. and not on purpose, especially through my jesting, but I would never, I couldn't sleep at night. Maybe they didn't even know they hurt you. And they've been trying to figure out why you're so mean to them. And here's something that will really mess with you. Perhaps the issue is not them. 
Maybe they're just being who they are and it, whatever it is, triggered something in you. Perhaps things are messy right now because you didn't allow that painful experience with them to grow you both. You canceled them and you want nothing to do with them and you have no contact with them. Sometimes you have to have contact with them and so because you're forced to have contact with them, you know, when you're swapping the children for the weekend, you're going to make life miserable for them every time you're in their presence because you think they're the problem, not you. And when you think that way, when that's your life purpose, the pain never goes away. You never get healing from the pain. You never learn from it. You never grow from it. And right now, you're actually causing more pain. But wait, I'm not the problem. They are. I'm just saying, think about it. Maybe they're not. If that is you this morning, you can hear yourself puking pain all over others. God wants to bring healing to your pain. Do you know that the Holy Spirit will show you the root of your pain? He will actually show you if you ask him and get quiet enough and listen. And if you want help with that, we can partner with the Spirit of God and bring healing to your pain today. But that means you can't run out of here. It means you have to do the hard. You have to lean into it and break the chains of your pain and experience freedom in Christ. So that, I love those words, so that you can be able to love again in a healthy way. So that you can experience real joy, not happiness, the joy of the Lord. Everyone listen in your notes. Pain was never meant to be a takeout. Pain was never meant to be a takeout of your faith in God or the church or your family or anything. It was never meant to take you out. It was never meant to be a weapon of the enemy. It is supposed to be a tool, and I don't know if tool's the right word there, but you know, you can, when you're preaching, you can use whatever word you want to use. I didn't know what to use. It's supposed to be a tool that God uses to build our faith. That may not be the best word there, but it's all about leveraging. God wants to use it and leverage it. Let me ask you something. Let's go back to the the Easter story. Did Jesus actually grow and become more powerful from his pain? Remember, he was part human, part God on earth. And he went from that after the cross to sitting at the right hand of his father in heaven. No more human, all powerful. He graduated into a more powerful being. And you can too. If you follow his example But folks, it started with pain. I believe that today's atheist is not someone who doesn't believe in God. After talking with many of them, I've actually concluded that they're just mad at God. They'll admit, if you talk to them long enough, they'll actually admit, yeah, you're right, I believe in God, but because he took my grandmother at 99, and I wasn't ready to let her go, I'm mad at him. And so I simply don't believe. So, So you can hear them say they believe they don't believe. You know what that is? It's pain. And they allowed it to be a takeout. Because something in life didn't go the way they expected it to. And they allowed the pain to be a takeout. Want to know how this happens to believers so easily? You want to know how this happens so easily to believers? No armor of God. I'm just going to say it like it is. They haven't put the work in to protect their salvation. Boop. They didn't allow the smaller pains early on to make them more righteous. Breastplate. They don't read their Bible enough to know the truth. Belt. They feed their flesh more than they feed their their spirit. Sword. They opened the door, and that opened the door for the devil to mess with their mind, and they dropped their shield of faith. Then the enemy has his way. And when all of that takes place, you tell me how in the world... Will you be able to walk with the shoes of peace? You tell me, impossible. When trauma, offense, or pain comes our way, if we don't have the armor on, we're done. Most of us know the armor of God passage from Ephesians 6, but do you remember what it says right after he lists all the pieces of armor? Here it is. Pray in the Spirit at all times. What does that mean? The good times and the 
and on every occasion, even when a church leader offends you. Pray in the Spirit. Oh, God, help Pastor Mark. He needs you. That may be a wrong prayer, but it might be a right prayer. Depends on the situation, I guess. Praying in the Spirit with the armor of God on in seasons of joy and in seasons of pain. So that you not only survive the hard times, you grow stronger from them. Look up James 1, 2 through 4. Write that down because we're not going to read it. It's scary to me. This is where I'm going to wrap it up. It's scary to me what I'm seeing in our society today and, and the ungodly ways that people are dealing with pain. We do unbelievable things when we are experiencing pain. We do anything not to face it. I actually believe that now some people are deciding to change genders just to avoid their pain. I believe that it's also a big cause for those who are getting deceived into homosexuality. You know that, what that stems from? Undealt with pain. Well, you can say, but I was born this way. Well... That is why God says we all need to be born again. So you can fall for that lie if you want, but regardless, the Bible says, I get that, but you need to be born again. Because we're all born with a tendency to sin in a specific area or areas. And we need to be saved from them. So we're no different than the homosexual tendency. We aren't. It could be drinking. It could be drugs. It could be gossip. It could be overeating. We all have our issue that we need to be saved from. So don't point your finger. One sin isn't worse than the other. Be careful. Be very careful. Because as Christians, we can sit in our comfortable church chairs and really judge people from a distance. Well, at least I don't. Yeah, I hope that works at Judgment Day. My point is this, too many people are using sin to cope with pain. And you need to know that your flesh is lying to you. Jesus didn't die and miraculously rise again so that you can go on sinning. He died to give you a way out. So let me end with this statement and passage and then I want to speak to your hearts in your notes. When we are tempted to quit... The writer of Hebrews tells us to take our eyes off of our misery and look to Christ. When we are tempted to quit, take your eyes off of your pain in your current situation and look to Christ. Right? Here's the passage. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him so that you consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart and quit and run and numb yourself. I'm going to ask the E5 team to come. We're going to close out I'm going to ask them to come and stand up front, and I'm going to have the worship team come. I just want to give you an opportunity. I don't want you to walk out of here, and, th- and you're going to have to be brave to actually admit, you know what? There was something that, that the Lord said this morning that made me realize that I have pain in me, and I don't know how to deal with it. One of the reasons that we experience pain, we have one more thing to fill in your notes. One of the ex- reasons that we experience pain is so that we can recognize the areas of our life that require healing. Let me repeat that. One of the reasons that we experience pain is so that areas of life that need healing will rise to the surface. And what God and I are hoping for you this Easter is that at some point in your notes, at some point, you'll do this. You'll stop seeing pain as the enemy and make peace with it. And see pain like the apostle learned to do. See pain as a surprising source of strength. God's power, Paul learned, is made perfect in weakness. 
2 Corinthians 12, 9. We're not saying ask for pain. We're not saying invite pain in just so you can be closer to God. But when it comes, can you stop making it an enemy and make peace with it? And say, this for now must be my lot. And I will say, it is well. Two, two questions to ponder. What do I need to stop doing so that I can learn to lean into pain? Or what do I need to start doing so that I can learn to lean into pain? And I just want to cover some things. And I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think of yourself. And everybody listening online, I just want you to, just to ponder these questions or these statements. Maybe you're listening to this and you are cutting yourself to deal with your pain. If that is you, I want you to come this morning and get healing. You're not getting it from us. You're going to get it from the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, from Jesus. If you're listening online, go to the Holy Spirit and then talk with someone if you're cutting yourself. Maybe you're listening to this and you're numbing yourself with alcohol, drugs, sex, or something else to deal with your pain. If that is you, just come and maybe the Holy Spirit will reveal the root. Once we kill the root and cut it out of your life, maybe the addiction will stop. Maybe you're listening to this and you have church wounds or marriage wounds or any kind of relationship wounds and you've never forgiven those people who caused them. Come and get your healing today. Maybe you're listening to this and you've had thoughts of suicide because, the pain, because of the pain in your heart. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't let the pain literally be a takeout. If that is you, come and get healing. If you're listening online to that, and you have had suicidal thoughts, please get some help. Talk with someone today. Don't wait. Maybe you thought of changing sexes or you're thinking about homosexuality as a channel to deal with the pain of rejection from the opposite sex. If that is you, come and get healing from the deception and the lie. Maybe you're listening to this and you thought of yourself when I said you hear the pain coming out of your mouth. You're angry and miserable all the time or you're thinking negative thoughts 24 hours a day and maybe you don't know where it's coming from. If that's you, come and get healing from the Holy Spirit. He's going to show you if you really want to know. Maybe I didn't list what it is for you, but you just know there's something painful inside of you and it's coming out in unhealthy ways. Whatever it is, come now. Come as the worship team sings and let's honor our Savior's resurrection by being resurrected ourselves today. Amen? Let's get our healing. Stop living with it. Are you sick of it? Then do something about it. Lean into the pain today. Lean into the pain of having to go up front. <laughs> well, I'll go up there if somebody else goes up. No, why don't you be the first one? Be bold and be brave. I wrote this down this morning because I just felt like some of you are in so much pain. You want to scream and you've never had permission to scream. You can come up and you can scream and release that pain. You're not going to freak us out. Well, you're not going to freak us out. You may freak somebody out there, but that's okay. Let them be freaked out because you need to let it go once and for all. And I would ask if you're not going to respond, we're going to dismiss when I pray. If you have to go, I would just ask anybody that's talking to please go out in the foyer and close those doors. Because we're about the Lord's business right now. And we want to bring healing and freedom to you. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you will teach us to embrace the pain that comes our way. Maybe we're in a good season right now and it's just all joyful and we're just so positive, but then there might be something that comes around the corner where you prepare us right now and you prepare our hearts, but we will begin to put the armor of God on and we will learn what it means to have our helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and the shoes of peace. We, we need to do some work, folks, and not just expect to have peace when we're not putting the work in in our intimacy with Jesus. We need to have our quiet time and our devotion time where we're building up our faith so when times of trouble come, we do not waver. We'll have times of struggle. We'll have to go to friends and vent. We may be frustrated and angry, but it, instead of lasting for 20 years, we're down to two hours, and we're good because we confessed it to someone, and we prayed, and we let it go, and we forgave, and we brought peace back to our life quickly. 
instead of living with this pain for years. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come, respond, respond to God today. Thank you for listening to this message from Dubois Light and Life Church. We hope you're blessed by it. To hear more messages or get more information about Light and Life Church, please visit DuboisFMC.org or check us out on Facebook.